Where did you grow up? I grew up in um, Jersey. Which part? Uh, like Bergen County. I was always around Bergen County. Passaic Saddle County, Passaic County, and Bergen County. I grew up okay. in uh, nice. Clifton. Okay. You know where Clifton, New Jersey yes. is? Yeah. Close by Patterson. Okay. And so that area was kind of like a mix of a good area and a bad area. Yeah. So yeah, I'll, it I'll be, yeah, it's, it's a very interesting mix. One side of Clifton is pretty ghetto. The other side of Clifton is pretty nice. Mm-hmm. And so, but I would go to school, public schooling, everyone is uh, fielded to the same location, you know? So Oh, really? Yeah, so I didn't go to private school or anything. I did a whole public school education. So I got bullied like crazy. So I had to fight in school to protect myself. That's me too. So martial arts definitely kept um, me mm-hmm. kept me safe, kept me sane. You, you had two choices, you know. Either kind of walk into school, let them bully you because you mm-hmm. have to go to school. Yeah. Or, or make a decision, put your foot down. Yeah, you know exactly. I think that's how a lot of uh, people get into martial arts too. It's like you yeah. know, I'm getting tired of you know, get, having people harass me every day for no reason. Yeah, that's why he got into martial. That's why that's how most people I know got into martial arts because they just wanted to learn how to defend themselves. It wasn't, and that's why most people that I know um, that are fantastic fighters, great at martial arts, they're they're the least douchiest people. Yeah. You know, they, they just, because they know what it's like to be, and they, just like me, we can't stand bullies. Like, when yeah. we see someone getting, like, it really triggers us. Absolutely. You know? it, it definitely does, because I didn't do martial arts for fun. It wasn't, I never, I, I started off not doing it for fun. I started off doing it because I had to. I had to do it to not get my ass beat by my father, first of all. Oh, really? Because, yeah, I grew up, um, he was very tough, tough on me, my little brother. He was a... Uh, ex-Marine Corps, like martial arts specialist uh, for the South Korean military uh, for mm. Marines, yeah. So, so you, your father, wait, was abusive? Is that what you're saying? Or was he beating I mean, you because like you did something yeah, wrong? He was, yeah, he was definitely definitely abusive. On the abusive Yeah, on the oh, abusive sorry side. Sorry to hear that. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure Asian kids can all relate to that. A but, lot of Asian kids can. Yeah. I mean, and it's so, not the first time I'm here. Yeah. And I think a lot of people from the outside looking in would be surprised to hear that, What? An Asian father being abusive? Yeah. That goes against the model minority. Exactly. Right? Uh, yeah, what's new, right? Yeah, so how did you combat against that? Like, how, I mean, because <sighs> you're, you're a boy so. and you're fighting a man or trying to... Right. You know, was it... Like, how, what did you do? I pretty much just trained really hard. Because uh, with the goal of one day, I want to fight back against my mm. father and, and try to protect myself, protect my other family members and whatnot. So was it just so, you and your brother? Yeah, me and my brother and my mom wasn't really around that much. So I had to pretty much fend for myself. And at school, I was getting bullied as well for being Asian. So I had to fight at school and then fight at home. So it was just constant, constant anxiety-inducing. Um, That's guess, wild. Yeah, I'm getting, use, I'm getting like just chills hearing that because school, you would think it's, it's someplace that you could be safe. Yeah, absolutely. And if not school, definitely your home should be the, the safest place mm-hmm. for you. And you're not, and you're not, you don't have that safety from either. Yeah. So you can't absolutely. hide no matter where you go. Yeah. So I had to learn how to defend myself. I had to learn how to fight. At, so. at, do you still talk to your dad? No, no, we're not on speaking terms. I wouldn't be either. Yeah. I don't even know if he's no. alive or dead, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. It's like that. When was the last time you guys had contact? I think like four years ago, four or five years ago. Oh, 
Wow. Did he ever try to talk to you like, hey, my bad, I was young, I was dumb, I was angry? Nope. Wow. And it was just you and your brother? Um, yeah, my, my, my mom was around, but she's very busy with work. She's, right. she's a physician, so she's always um, in the hospital working. For those of you guys jumping in, this Lucky Boys podcast. Sorry, <laughs> this is the weirdest intro we did, but podcast. you just you just hit the ground floor running with us. I mean, that was... Yeah. That's oh, I guess we, we started. We started I, I guess. I, yeah, I, I guess. It's well, natural we, conversation. Okay. You know, we... we, cool. we <laughs> yeah. Uh, we didn't do our usual we intro, but intro. it's all good. We're here with... Uh, That's Jay Lee. You know, <laughs> fighter, you. self-defense instructor of Korean Tiger Studios. Yes, and he specializes in Krav Maga. Krav Maga. Where yeah. he went to Israel to train and learn. Your story is so vast. So I, I want to like, you know, just take it from the beginning because... You know, from from your journey to now, it's mm-hmm. just such a just just talking to you just before such a long history, like a long journey that you've been to get to this point. How did you make that leap? All right. So take me through this timeline. You're getting abused by your father. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm sure a lot of people listening to this may be unfortunately may be able to relate. Yeah, absolutely. I, I just laugh at it now. You know, it was. It's funny looking back at it. I mean, it was a horrible experience. I wanted to kill myself so many times because it was miserable. But looking how were back you able it, to mentally mm-hmm. get out of that? Um, honestly, through martial arts training, pushing myself to the limit uh, physically and mentally, it really helped me um, just grow as a person, grow as a as a fighter, grow as a warrior. Um, it helped me look past that, you know. And I always thought of myself, um, yeah, I got I got to go through this to get mentally stronger and physically stronger. Yeah. So anytime I would get beat up by my dad, I would just consider it part of training. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to condition my body to take hits, you know, because one day, you know, I wanted to be a, a really good martial artist, you know, growing up. And and he, he went at you like you were a grown man, like he would... Oh, yeah, like get drop kicked. <laughs> no! Yeah, drop kicked, get punched, get slapped, the whole, 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 whole nine yards. Get some weapon weapons on me. Get some sticks. I mean, I mean, yeah, I, I got, got hit. I got, I got hit, hit. By a broom. I got a but, yeah. Duster, you know, <laughs> but, I don't know why I got hit. I was just always. I would go home with my hands up and get get ready. Oh, so you get were, ready for the yeah. attack. See, I never felt like that. I never felt like I needed to go home mm-hmm. and get in a fighting position yeah. mm-hmm. and get a grown, a fully grown man. Atta- I mean, from out as soon as I left my house, okay. Mm. But coming home, that was my refuge. Mm. You know, maybe not. Maybe my big brother would. You know. Get at me, but he, it was just a big brother kind of thing, you know. It wasn't abusive. Yeah, my my refuge you know? would be um, running away to my friend's home and sleeping over it, and then I'll be okay. And mm-hmm. how old were you when you? The, how early can you? When did it start? Probably since I was like five years old, honestly. Since I was a kid. Yeah. Was he drunk? When no, he was just just. See, like wait, he that. was sober and he was like that. Yeah, he was just like that. I, I no idea why. That's Maybe insane. He has some like issues he has to deal with, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, as an adult, like, have you ever like kind of contemplated about the reasonings behind that kind of approach to parenting? I don't, yeah, I don't know. Probably just, like, he had some traumatic experiences, probably in the military, because he was doing a lot of stuff. Um, like while South Korea and North Korea were really like at war with each other and yeah. at it, especially he was he was uh, stationed at uh, the DMZ, demilitarized zone. Oh wow! You know what? Some of my friends were Vietnamese, mm. and their parents were who were in Vietnam during yeah. the Vietnam War. Yeah, uh, they told me that their father was also abusive towards them, mm. and they a lot of them was because of going to war. I think so. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. Yeah. I think it could be something. There was a lot of conflict yeah. back in the day, like while he was he was in the Marines, and so yeah. I guess he had a lot of stressful times. Mm. And- you go from there, and you told me you were studying 
to be a doctor? Yeah, so pretty much I have over 35 physicians in my family. And so I was pretty much bred to become a doctor. I had no other choice. You already had the roadmap laid out. Yeah, I had, I had it laid out for me. You know, I, I took all the, in high school, I took all the AP sciences. I did all the clubs. I was the founder and president of the entomology club. Um, did a whole lot of stuff. I was, what else did I do? I, all, all science clubs I was a part of, pretty much. And I did uh, after school activities related to like biology and chemistry and physics. And so pretty much I was bred to go to um, a nice college. I went to, I went to Cornell. I double majored in biological sciences, entomology, moderate in global health. And did so you graduate also, with you? So you yeah, graduated so I, yeah, with those degrees? Yeah, I graduated with honors. And then I was on my way to med school. I worked in the vaccine development research um, right after college. I worked at Cornell Weill in the city. And then... Oh, great hospital. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, great good hospital. hospital good hospital. I, I worked yeah. with the infectious disease department mm-hmm. on vaccine development. And then went to Israel. Went to Israel to do my med school while doing my Krav Maga and counterterrorism. When you went to Israel, was that in the back of your mind, like, I'm going to make this pivot? A lot of my research colleagues were based out of Israel. Israel's uh, medicine is super advanced, especially their infectious disease department and all types of the hospitals over there and the universities. So I actually went to Israel before to do some research um, while I was working at Cornell Weill because we had a lot of research correspondence there. And that's when I met a lot of really good martial artists, Krav Maga specialists, uh, self-defense experts that worked with the military there and special ops there. And I trained with them. Every time I went to Israel to take trips, research trips, I would just train with them. And then I got an offer by one of the private companies there. They said, hey, why don't you come here and be one of, the, one of our head striking instructors and uh, we'll help you out with the medical school stuff here and we can get you a Krav Maga counterterrorism instructor's degree. If you can come out here and train with us and train our soldiers, train um, our kids here, train mm-hmm. our adults. So I was like, okay. I've always wanted to travel and, you know, get out of here. I wanted to leave the States and travel. So yeah. I took the opportunity. That sounds tr- awesome. You know, I, I I don't think a lot of people know this, but Israel is beautiful. It's a beautiful place to visit. Absolutely. Beautiful deserts, beautiful beach areas, well, mountains. Right. Yeah. I don't think I, it's... I love I love the Middle East and it's in the middle of everywhere. So I travel to Europe a lot as well. Mm-hmm. I did a lot of self-defense seminars all around Europe. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. They flew me out a lot. How long to, were you there for? Do that. Three years. So you lived in Israel for three yeah, years? I, yeah, I lived there. And what was it like for a, a, an Asian American? Uh, so I'm actually the, the first Korean American certified uh-huh. um, for Krav Maga and counterterrorism um, in all of Israel. <laughs> So it was, it was very interesting. They, they always ask me, like, what are you doing here? Like, who are you? Are you from China? And like, are right. you lost? Right. And so the Korean tiger nickname for me actually originated in Israel. They would ask me, these soldiers would ask me, what is a, what is a Korean tiger doing in the deserts of uh, Israel? Mm-hmm. Deserts of the Middle wow, East. Wow, interesting. Yeah. So you, were you already studying and, and training at that point? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or did you have to make a decision? Uh, a pretty hard decision of just like focusing on one over the other so it was gradual i guess the process was gradual because i i already invested in the medical school you know the process so i half my time would be studying and the other time would be training Mm. 
Um, obviously, I would have to focus on my medical school at first to, so I could pass all my exams to keep going. But my interest and passion always lied in the martial arts. And I knew I was in Israel mostly to get that degree, to get that instructor's degree. You did in the back of your mind, you knew you was going to make that pivot. Yeah, I, I knew I knew I had to. I was miserable studying in the library over like nine hours a day, <laughs> sometimes sleeping in the library. I'll be shadow boxing at 3 a.m. after memorizing all these flashcards on pathology and whatnot and all these diseases, pharmacology. Taking That'd classes. be great. That's like just, taking it right out of a movie scene, right? No, That's pretty really cool. This, this yeah, is I was movie. miserable. Yeah, yeah, I was miserable. Like, there was some, I, my friends would make fun of me because I would just be in the library till 3, 4 a.m. and uh, you, you see a whole layout of all PowerPoint presentations, textbooks out. And then I would have like, after 40, mi- 40 minutes of straight studying, I would take, okay, five minutes break shadow boxing. And I still have some videos of my friends um, sending me, um, of me shadow boxing in the library outside. So yeah. you were built for this, man. This is like, in you yeah it made me mentally strong for sure you know that's why when i when i um train with high level athletes even today or when i compete i'm not really scared you know because i've already been through hell and back right or what, what can my opponent do to me you know it's just gonna punch and kick me mm. knee me right so is, is there a certain point where you like oh snap i'm wasting a lot of my money and my time into something i'm pouring it all in on my education that I won't be using in what I really want to do in life. Yeah. So I was, I remember the exact day um, I was in the library in the main campus in Beersheba. Uh, I, was, I, was um, I was with a couple of my buddies um, studying for one of our last exams. And I thought to myself, um, I'm not happy. You know, I wake up every day. Um, only thing I look forward to is training mm-hmm. after class. You know, even while I'm in class, I'm not really paying much attention. I'm always thinking about, okay, what am I going to do the next training session? Um, how am I going to get this Krav Maga counterterrorism degree? I was, I was more concerned about my testing, my Krav Maga testing and like martial arts testing than my actual medical school exams. You know, as soon as I want to share this story, uh, and this is a story that just happened as I met you today. Yeah. So I'm walking in and you're training two students already. And I could just see the look on your face. You know, it's like, I could, I could see like, this is what you want to do. It's, it's not intense, but it just seems like you're comfortable in this space. And this is like, this is what you want to do. And when you meet people, when you see that they're not interested in something or they're miserable, they're just going through the motions mm-hmm. to pay the bills mm-hmm. or whatever it is because they invested so much of their time already. Mm-hmm. You can see that look. It's, it's in there. It's all over. It's all over their face. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I come in, I, I look at the two guys you were training. They look mm-hmm. exhausted but happy. Yeah. Happily exhausted. And then I look at you. you you're very content, satisfied, balanced. And, I, and the energy as soon as I walked in was welcoming number one so thank you for that no problem and number two everybody was just super chill yeah everybody was super chill and i was i thought to myself like okay this is a guy that is super passionate about what he does and and it 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 shows the energy the feeling it's it's uh it's it's refreshing when you do meet people that follow the path and now you're sharing your backstory of how you came up to this point It, it it's I have even more of a respect for you because because 
a lot of the a lot of the times people would take what happened to their past and continue that negative trend and use that as an excuse to knock everybody else down. Mm-hmm. Um, so props to you for that to turning all that Thank negativity into a positive. Now, I do have some a question because there is a mix. I do have friends that do BJJ mixed mm-hmm. martial arts, right? And there's this argument of if Krav Maga is actually real world mm-hmm. um, applicable. Yeah, so Krav Maga has uh, a bad name in certain areas because a lot of uh, supposedly expert Krav Maga practitioners are just not in shape, overweight. Um, they don't know how to actually throw considered real punches. If you're studying Krav Maga and you're serious about Krav Maga, what, what Krav Maga is, it's a, it's a self-defense system. Right? And it takes the best of different types of martial arts from karate, from taekwondo, from Muay Thai, from boxing, from salat. So if you're not practicing other martial arts to hone your skills, you will not become a supposed Krav Maga expert. If your striking is not perfect, you're not a Krav Maga expert. But that goes across times, all disciplines, right? Even yeah, with BJJ, absolutely. Taekwondo. Yeah. I mean, it, it goes across Muay Thai. Mm-hmm. It goes across all disciplines. If you're, if if you're fat and you don't respect your body, right, right, in, in terms of uh, staying in shape to compete mm-hmm. or just uh, being in good health, mm-hmm. uh, you're probably not going to be at a high level or exactly. not be able to last long. Yeah. Right and and if you tell people that hey I do this or oh, I'm a, a special master at this right. and people watch you fight and they're gonna be like all right, right that's a bunch of bullshit yeah um, from what I heard Krav Maga it's uh, it, correct me if I'm wrong because mm-hmm. I'm just not my field but I, they go after like there's no like it's pretty dirty like it goes it, it goes in there like yeah, they'll grab your nuts you, they'll yeah, gouge your eyes exactly okay. yeah. I like that <laughs> the only rule of Krav Maga is that there are no rules okay <laughs> yeah there are no rules you want to maximize uh, damage and not pain. There's no points in Krav Maga. There's no point system. You just want to create the most amount of damage in the least amount of time. So you go for soft spots of the human body. Soft spots are parts of the anatomy where you can't be strengthened mm-hmm. um, regardless of how much you train, um, regardless of how big you are. For example, if I gouge your eyes out, you can't see me, you can't chase me, and I can beat you up. You know, right. If I break your kneecap in, mm-hmm. right, you can't walk you can't face me if i smash your groin you're gonna be so focused on that I oh yeah do other things to you you know right yeah if i smash your trachea coming towards me you can't breathe properly you know if, right. I, if I bite you if i bite you in the trachea so biting's even yeah, on the table biting's on the table too especially if you get bear hugged and you want to just bite the trachea mm-hmm. uh-huh. all the air vessels and blood vessels are mixed together once you get them all boom together it's pretty uh Lethal. Now, the, this is what the Israeli military trains in. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of other um, Krav Magas has been adapted by uh, military military systems from all over the world as well. So, if you're a soldier so. from that country, you have a Krav Maga back as a base foundation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there's fight. a lot of weapons involved as well in Krav Maga: weapon disarming, weapons offense as well. Now, what so. what kind of weapons does Krav Maga entail? Knife, knife work, knife defense, knife offense. Oh no wonder! Um, I was like, "Dang, you got gun. a lot of knives here." Yeah, I have a lot of knives here. Some swords. Yeah, I have some swords too. I do a lot of sword work as well, blade work, all types of knives. Okay. Uh, my favorite is the Krombit knife. We do a lot of gun disarming as well, stick disarming. Now, do you think that these skills are transferable inside a something to represent, um, like for example, in the UFC? Will we ever see 
someone who is a Krav Maga specialist in the UFC become a champion at that level? At that level, it'll probably be very hard to see because UFC is um, it's a lot of it's it's point based. You know, it's point based. Also, obviously, KO based as well. Um, you can either win the fights on points or win the fights via KO. I mean, you can see a lot of Krav Maga tactics as well in UFC. For example, Conor McGregor loves that shoulder bump technique, right? Off right, the, off right. The clinch. Yeah, that's we use that a lot in Krav Maga as well. When we get in the close range, just shoulder bump. He did jaw. that with the cowboy where yeah, he busted his face. Yeah. Exactly, doing that as well. I I see a lot more knee stomps and calf kicks in the UFC now too, which is also a Krav oh my Maga gosh. technique. Oh, is it? Yeah, because that's huge right now. The calf kicks. Yeah, the calf kicks are huge. Also, the knee stomps just just to stop the guy from going forwards. That's I've seen pretty. I've seen Usman stomp the toe. Is that a thing? Yeah, that's that's a dirty Krav Maga trick as well. Ooh, okay. Yeah, stomping on the toes on the, when the clinch happens. Is that where it originated from? Krav Maga. So, the high level champions in the UFC, most of their backgrounds either uh, wrestling, boxing, Muay Thai, kickboxing. Not really Krav Maga, because mm-hmm. Krav Maga is used mostly for street fighting tactics and uh, military, right? Military fighting. Is there is there another? Um I guess another reason why people don't think Krav Maga would be useful in the real world. Because I hear, so, I hear originally when I heard Krav Maga, mm-hmm. I heard, oh man, it is a brutal fight. You don't want to fight somebody that studies Krav Maga. They will bite your nuts, rip your nuts. Like I was like, oh man. Yeah. No, like, no, no rules. You yeah, do whatever you want. You none of that sounds... Use the chair to smash someone's head in. Right. Take your shoes off and just beat them with your shoes. Right. They're like, Will, you ain't going toe to toe and box it out with them. They're just gonna they're just gonna try to like hurt you like dirty. They don't care. Yeah. They're just straight dirty fighting. Uh, and then get some dirt, throw some dirt in their eyes and just beat them senseless. A lot of these people say, No, it's actually not useful at all. It does mm-hmm. nothing. Yeah, so mm-hmm. it's not useful if you don't actually train every day and don't actually train and condition your body. As I said, there's a lot of Krav Maga supposed experts mm-hmm. who are really out of shape. They're, they have no speed, no precision, but they call themselves Krav Maga experts because they know how to play with the knife a little bit. They know how to do some defense work. But you have to train other, other arts as well. So how do you find a trainer? So for example, if whether you're looking for a trainer because uh, you want to protect yourself, because I think that's the hot thing right now, mm-hmm. with especially in all in a lot of these major cities where a lot of these attacks are prevalent or become seriously chronic. Where, um, how do you train? How do you find a good trainer? Like, what are the signs to look for? Because there's there's some trainers that I've seen or heard that they were like, oh man, I, I invested this trainer that dude was complete trash. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, you know, it was more like a workout than actually right. functional. It was good for a workout. I guess I got some beads of sweat, but in terms of actually, like, I think I could kick my trainer's ass. Yeah, there's a fine line um, here because usually you meet trainers who are just really good at um, Getting working, a, out. Work, working out, getting a good mm-hmm. fitness workout They're in. Good with you know, the mitts. Sweat, yeah, yeah. Just get a sweat in. And there's other trainers who won't really give you that fitness workout, but give you a lot of technical combat work. It's really hard to find a, a good balance. Mm-hmm. You know, and when you're looking for a trainer, you want to see if he's actually experienced in that field. You know, how many years does he have in training? There's a lot of trainers around the area who train for like a year, and now they consider themselves uh, an expert, a trainer. For example, during quarantine, I've seen a lot of random people just rise up all of a sudden. <laughs> hey, I'm an expert self-defense specialist. Like, bro, you train for like a, a half a year right, with a yeah. no-name instructor. You're, you're not an instructor, bro. You're not a trainer. I see you. Yeah, see. That, that makes people like me look 
look bad you know mm-hmm. like I, I sacrificed so much to be mm-hmm. here you know i traveled the world to get proper training you know and i do this um i train for hours a day i've uh, hard work sweat tears blood had my whole family against me mm-hmm. saying that i'm crazy you know how my family cut me off completely when i uh made that transition to full-time martial arts oh yeah i'm sure they weren't happy about, happy yeah about that. absolutely not especially um, your whole f- like you were bred to be something else yeah i was bred to be something else and just didn't make me happy you know i didn't wake up excited for it you got to be true to yourself yeah i have to be true to myself good for you even though i invested like hundreds of thousands of dollars in my medical education at the end of the day you know if if i were to die tomorrow i wouldn't be happy with myself you know i would always daydream about becoming a martial artist Mm. um doing fight choreography um, fighting on film, fighting on TV, fighting in the movies, mm-hmm. you know? I've always wanted to do that. And my ultimate goal is is to do that, actually, to fight in the big screen. Hopefully be the next Mortal Kombat as, movie. As, like, the main actor? Yeah, or, yeah eventually or as the start, main actor, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, start fighting on film, and then eventually... I'm um, actually have a few acting coaches I'm working with, like, on the side and doing... Um, I could see you doing key. that. Yeah. I could see you doing that. Yeah, that's great that, you know, you found something that you're so passionate about, but there's so many avenues you can utilize Mm -hmm. this from from the arts um, on screen to teaching. It's uh, and it's very, you know, refreshing to to hear that, that, you know, you're you're able to kind of take that and then apply it to a lot of different avenues of your life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and I realize um, I could help just as many people through martial arts, you know, as I did with medicine. You know, probably if not even more. Even when I went on mission trips, like medical mission trips in Africa, when I was in college and post college, when I was working with different nonprofits and hospitals uh, internationally, uh, in my spare time, I would just teach the kids in like, the villages martial arts and self defense, and I, they were so happy. And they used this to defend themselves and to fight against bullies and whatnot. And I was more happy doing that than being in the hospital. What advice do you have for someone who's kind of going through that fork in the road in their life right now? You just have to bite the bullet and just do it. You got to take the risk and just follow your dreams and follow your passions no matter no matter what. Even though you invested in something else and you thought, you know, you were going to do something else. Even though your family is against it and your, your loved ones are against it. If you really feel, um, if you really feel like you're in a fork in the road and you have something that you're absolutely passionate about and it wakes you up in the morning with a smile on your face, you have to follow it. Although you're going to have some or type you're of regret. you have some huge regrets in life. I agree with that. Yeah. You'd be on your deathbed and you have a bunch of regrets and nothing to show for it. Yeah. Yeah. What was that tipping point that made you go, all right, you know what? Nah. It's like you're running a marathon and you're on, you're on the 25th mile. Mm-hmm. And then you go, you know what? No, I'm gonna, I want to do something. I want to run a different race. I want to yeah. do something else. Forget about it. You know, like what was that tipping point where you just studying and when you just go, you know what? Fuck that. Like what happened in your life? Did you, was it a phone call from someone or was it a movie you saw? Like what? It had to be that thing to just push you over the edge. Right. So um, it was the day I finished my, my last uh, Krav Maga instructor's exam. Um, they were testing me on all types of weapon defense, testing me on all types of uh, escapes from uh, different chokes, different holds. And um, when I passed the, ex- the grueling exam, it's a couple hours, it's about six hours of testing. And when I passed that, 
um, I never felt more happy. You know, I never felt, you know, more excited, more proud of myself than any other exams I took in the medical field and whatnot. You know, I really felt like, you know, this is what I'm supposed to do. Right. You know, I want to teach this. I want to do this every day. You know, I want to make a living out of it. I want to do this on the big screen. Right. You know, I always admired Bruce Lee growing up. You know, Me I always too. admired Jet Lee growing up. Me too. I admired yeah. Batman growing up. Me too. You know, <laughs> yo, those are my superheroes. Wait, wait, wait. How about Superman? How about Superman? No. Superman's kind of lame, man. <laughs> I'm going to lie. Everyone says that. He's just... You know he's He's just Superman. He just has super strength, super speed, laser eyes. It's just not interesting. Like, okay, great. You can beat everyone's I, ass. I don't want to no- diverge from the, the main conversation, but I had this, uh, I guess, conversation slash argument with people, how people say like Superman, he's like the most powerful being in the world. Right. But imagine the internal struggle he has because he's the most powerful being right. because he could either destroy anything he wants, but because he has so much power, you know, how, how does he like think about falling in love and, making sure that he doesn't like destroy people that he loves with so much power. I don't know. I just, it's, it's just interesting. Yeah, when you have that much power, it's just boring. <laughs> you know? That's what people say. Hey, how one punch man. <laughs> one punch He's man. not boring. Yeah, He's freaking awesome. Yeah, well, he has a sense of humor. Superman does not have a sense of humor at all. He's just a, <laughs> He's just a, a emo. plain dude. Yeah. <laughs> He's emo all the time. He's I feel like I got to come to dude. Superman's defense here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's just a it's a farm farm boy, just a plain farm boy who has super strength and super speed. He could fly. Just I don't know. I just kind of look at him as sort of like an immigrant. He's coming, but he has such great power. But people mm-hmm. don't know that about him, and he doesn't want to show off. Mm-hmm. And he comes as as an outsider, mm-hmm. uh, essentially. Um, as, and to me, it's sort of like his story is sort of like a uh, like kind of like a a metaphor for immigrants coming to a new world, and he's trying to fit in, mm-hmm. and he can't fit in because he's he's not one of them. Yeah, he's an alien. Yeah, it's a cute story compared to uh, Bruce Wayne's upbringing. You know? <laughs> he has a very dark past, a lot of psychological issues going on here, and he's fighting his demons to help other people. And losing his parents right in front of him. Yeah, yeah exactly. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, no. What you gotta say there, oh, man? I think I well, think he's getting you. Oh, how, okay, you know, it's, a, it's it's cute compared to Bruce Wayne's upbringing. You know, and Bruce Wayne is is human just like us. Mm. You know, but he uses his wit. He uses his, um, you know, intellectual. And yeah. there's an argument that he could the take out the whole DC um, universe. No, no, not like, the DC yeah. universe. What, what's, what, Super Friends is that Justice League? Justice, Justice League. League. Thank you. Damn, I can't. Play. There's a reason me. why Batman is the leader of the Justice League. Look, he probably has Superman. all these files on the Justice League and finds out all these weaknesses. Exactly. Right. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, he does his research, does his studying. He's very interesting. You know, growing up, Superman was my guy, mm. and as I gotten older, I found that I could relate to Batman absolutely more and then I started gravitating Superman still still your guy I I still like Superman but uh, I don't know know, everyone everyone, I feel like people can relate to Batman a lot more because everyone struggles with their inner demons Mm. you know the fine line of darkness and and light right the balance I like Superman growing up because I just like the idea of flying being like super strong and just uh, having the ability to take out anyone that messes with you and 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 fight for justice Mm -hmm. and as i gotten older i realized that just batman is way more relatable in in so many ways just the darkness of it like at times we struggle with our inner demons the dark side of us the Mm -hmm. yin and the yang you know the good and the bad within 
With, with Superman, just relates a good to that boy. As older. He's a good boy. He's a boy scout. Hell. Hey, he's yeah. a boy scout, strong as hell. Yeah. Wait, but he went through all those things from bullying, you know, to to Who, who's gonna bully Superman? <laughs> well, I mean, like you know, because the way he was brought up, yeah. he was taught not to, you know, kind of show off his powers, right. and so he right. had that like that chip on his shoulder. And then he also was bullied because he mm. couldn't show off his powers. So yeah. I mean, I've, I related to that because I was bullied when I was uh, in school. Mm-hmm. And for I always realized, like, I have, you know, this power. Why don't I just fight back? Um, but I never realized, like, I guess I never had the confidence to do that, to step into owning my own power. Right. Like, but Superman did that later on in his life. Yeah. Not while he was a teenager. So that's right. why I guess I relate to him. Uh, you know, and, and, you know, he's not as dark because... I don't know. I'm more hopeful. You know, I like yeah. like when uh, when when he has that conversation with his father, like Jor-El, in the you know the ice fortress. Mm-hmm. He tells him like you're you're the symbol that mm-hmm. everyone will look up to. You know, a symbol of hope, mm-hmm. a symbol of 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 greatness. And so I don't know. I I kind of related to that versus Batman. He's so you know he's so pissed off all the yeah, time. Yeah, Bat- Batman's. <laughs> You know, Super, Superman's time. an idealist and Batman's a realist and you know it's like night night and day mm-hmm. for for me I'm definitely more like practical and mm-hmm. realistic and definitely um, more skeptical mm-hmm. yeah. about a, a lot of things in life um, so that's why I relate to Batman more mm-hmm. I love how you both look at superheroes so deep and poetically it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's beautiful yeah, it, Mark, kept, it kept me going in my childhood you know it's beautiful it kept yeah. me going I think I think I didn't have a father to look up to, so I looked up to Batman. You know? Yeah, it played such a huge role in our right. lives. These yeah. superheroes, whether yeah. you're DC, Marvel. I think Marvel had a bigger impact on me than DC, mm-hmm. but it just played a huge role. Yeah, and it's so interesting listening to you guys. I've I've actually never had a conversation with anyone yeah. that spoke so deeply Highly. about Superman. Also, Batman. Batman's a Krav Maga expert too. He's Is a he Krav Maga specialist? Oh, yeah. yeah. So, oh shit! Yeah, you really do look up oh, to him. You're yeah. like, you're not playing. Let me find out this you guy got that, like a see that Batman action figure right there. By the window. The, uh-huh. Is that the yeah. special? Yeah, I edition? even have like I even have batarangs too somewhere. I can't find it. Oh but, damn! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're practicing tossing that around. Yeah. Oh wow! What do you think about the whole uh, Logan Paul and uh, Floyd Mayweather? Oh yeah, it's like, such a joke. You, you think know, so? it's such a joke. You know, a fake fighter versus a real fighter. But you gotta you gotta give credit to Logan though, because you know he, clearly he's in shape, you know, and he he knows how to market himself, you know, to get these fights. And at the end of the game, at the end of the game, at the end of the day, the fight game, it's a business. It is. You know, it's a business, yeah. and it's an, it's unfortunate that the business side has taken over, um, taken over to the point where even people who aren't as skilled can get these fights simply because they can generate more sales. Right, you know, pay per view sales and whatnot. But isn't that like a reflection of our society? Absolutely. When I grew up, everyone looked forward to the Ali fights or the mm-hmm. Tyson fights. Mm-hmm. You know, just listening to people getting ready for uh, any Mike Tyson fight was mm-hmm. ridiculous. Right, going seeing heavyweights go at it, and then right. eventually, uh, boxing changed so much to the point where I think UFC has become more popular. Yeah, or it's becoming more popular than boxing, mm-hmm. and it's showing now because. Like what heavyweight fighter does people know? Do people know? Mm. Like, can you name a heavyweight fighter 
right now yeah for boxing or yeah and i'm talking about casuals and you're a casual right yeah can can you name a heavyweight fighter right now for, for boxing? not to put you on the spot yeah for boxing no no right can can you anthony not joshua you. anthony joshua like there anthony you go joshua yeah deontay wilder i like wilder too right see but then but then you see like those are the guys and joshua hasn't really had like a big yeah. fight where everyone's mm -hmm. talking about where everyone's gravitating and you're a casual you haven't you don't even know one right yeah where back then you can name holyfield foreman ali mm -hmm. tyson um, people could just start going off well that's when ufc wasn't really popping off right it's not like ufc's taking market share from boxing i just think that the boxing game has changed so much Mm -hmm. where people are just not interested anymore mm -hmm. and it could be because there's so many different organizations within boxing within itself mm -hmm. that people just got sick and tired of not seeing the fights that they want anymore so they gravitate towards the ufc because you're getting the fights that you want to see there right mm -hmm. right and instead of fighting people past their prime you're getting a guy in his prime fight someone past their prime or before they enter their prime you know it's really not that Exciting. exciting but then you get a cel celebrity fighting someone who's arguably the greatest of all time mm -hmm. you know that's gonna hit headlines especially what happened recently the with his brother uh did you see that where jake yeah, paul I got into a little, a, a little scuffle yeah, with I'm, the mayweather i'm pretty sure it's 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 all scripted you, that's I, what i was gonna I'm ask sure you sure mayweather is talking to the, the the paul brothers like every day like, hey, let's. Uh, we're gonna be here. Yeah, we're gonna be here. Um, maybe, oh, maybe Jake, you can just come in out of nowhere and, and take my hat. Just take my hat, and then we'll just pretend to fight, and then that'll generate even more sales and develop more hype. At the end of the day, it's just a paycheck for them. Yeah, yeah. You know, at the end of the day, it's just it's all money. Yeah, don't hate the player, hate the game. Exactly, yeah. it's all a game. Yeah, we call it the fight game for a reason. When I saw that happen, when Jake Paul took his hat. I said to myself, I was like, "That is that was that fixed? Was that probably did was the day script?" But here's the thing: here's where I get a an ounce of doubt where that may be for real. Was Mayweather's hair wasn't cut tight? I know that if I'm a big celebrity, because look how look at how he carries himself, yeah, right? Mayweather right. carries himself with very expensive clothes, true, cars, true. watches, right. home. Point. He 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 labels himself as a very expensive, expensive. person, mm -hmm. right? He's a he's a human like Louis Vuitton, Christian, you know, uh, Christian Louis Vuitton. Like he, when you look at him, you want to. He wants to make sure you see the best ever. Mm -hmm. Now, when he took off his hat, we didn't see the best version of himself. You know, like I know that when I don't have a fresh haircut, and I'm way past. You know, as if guys, when we're past our grooming stage, we mm -hmm. kind of look. Yeah, you wear a hat. Yeah, we wear a <laughs> hat. Right up. We wear a hat. Yeah. So that's the only reason why I think that. And now, you know, in the internet, this day and age, social media was completely having a field day on them for that. Mm. Now, yeah. oh yeah, the memes on, on Floyd with, the, with his hair. Oh, like wow. Now, if I'm Floyd, I don't know if I want to do that. I, I don't know, like with the hair like that, that's what gives me doubt. But that's that could also generate more sales, you know. <laughs> yes, yes. The fact that now he's like that. We're still talking about now this. His hair, yeah. his hair. Now he's meme worthy. So now he's meme worthy, and now there's yeah. people that the meme world are gonna watch the fight too, right? You know. Yeah, but do you Reddit. think that they they're, they are playing 3D chess like that, where they could go, "Yo, I'm gonna keep no. keep my hair a little bit but past a few weeks, yeah. and and uh, they're gonna make memes out of this." I mean, do you really think that they're they're playing three D chess like this? There has to be some conversations going on between the two. There has to there be. Has Come to on be. now. There has to be. If it's just leading, it's leading up to a fight, right? 
This is some, so, so it's like some WWE shit. This is just pretty a, much like WWE yo. shit. WrestleMania. <laughs> yo, I love WrestleMania. Shout out to WrestleMania. <laughs> great acting. Great so wait, acting. so you think you think it's just great acting and Yeah, that's why a lot of fighters may you know go into the acting world. You know, yeah. a lot of fighters go into the acting world. Rampage. Um you see uh who else? Cowboy Cerrone was in a movie too. Mm-hmm. Recently, you know, you see a lot of guys. Uh, who else? Uh, Randy Couture, right? Was an exchangeable. Right. GSP. GSP. He was on the Falcon. Yeah, on the Falcon. Falcon. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So he's, yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. I think uh, it's all about marketing. It's, it's you know, it's trying crazy. to push the envelope, but trying to make the, the, the maximum amount of dollar. And people would pay for that, even if it's fake. Absolutely. Oh, if people That's found out it was fake? it's fun. I think yes. people just, yeah, I think people would just. Yeah, and like, the bets too. People placing bets yeah. and everything. And it's a soap opera. Yeah, it really yeah. is. Yeah, it's a huge business. Great yeah. point. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, 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 I'm like, there's a, there's an ounce of doubt in me. There's some there that yeah. is a maybe real because I know that if I was planning something with you, I would say, all right, let me get a nice haircut before it goes on. But that, that was, that's what makes it believable. For mm. me. Yeah, true. That you do have a good point. Oh on that yeah, one, you, so. you have a point too. Because yeah. it, it doesn't, it doesn't seem aligned with his brand. And why would he want to do that? Mm. You know, where people are going to roast him if he, he mm. works so hard so carefully to just make sure that his appearance is this way that detailed always showing off his watches his jewelry he calls himself the money team right yeah tmt right so (laughs) so why would you know you know what i mean i would make sure that i got a clean cut man you know i make sure my fate is right everything maybe 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 but i guess uh, jake probably didn't listen to (laughs) to his team it's like wait wait you're not supposed to do this but he did it anyway. I don't know. And his reaction did seem, he did seem pretty pissed. And I, I don't know if Floyd's that good of an actor. I don't know. But he, he, seemed, he seemed legitimately upset. Yeah. Yeah. But then again, he's in his, he's in his like wheelhouse. Yeah. You know, he's very comfortable. I mean, that's, he does I, countless fail. Okay, so face who, off, countless trash talk. Who was recording the video? Because I didn't see it. So Everyone. Oh, Every, so. It was press day. All the press was out there. Oh, okay. So it was uh, during on, on stage somewhere. Everyone that's in a fight game that covers oh. that covers fights, yeah. they, they were oh, there. Oh, so the press was there. So, the, you know, they, yeah. knew, they knew that, you know. Right. It was just a press talk with, with uh, Logan mm-hmm. and, and Floyd, and she, yeah. you know, talking crap to each other. Oh, okay. So to sell a fight, and then that happened sometime later after that. Do mm. so you know when they're fighting exactly? I don't even know. I'm curious. I'm not. I'm not 100 sure when they're fighting. Right. Supposedly yeah. Mayweather's gonna fight both them at the same at the same time or something. No, or that was just back to back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's really. I don't even w- know how the weight class thing is gonna work too, because Mayweather's a lot smaller than these guys. So he is. He is. He's. He, uh, I think Logan's about a whole head taller than him, almost. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Like he, when they stood off in a face-off, he was like just above his chin. Yeah. What do you guys think about that Ben Askren fight? Oh man, I think Ben was Askren it, just it, took the bag. Yeah. You know, I, it looked like he got hit for real, though. It looked like he yeah, got hit he for real. Yeah, he definitely hit for real. And if you if you see if you study Ben Askren striking, it's it's, it's terrible. Yeah, <laughs> terrible. I've, I mean, he's a high-level wrestler. Yeah, it's but in striking, just in wrestle. Even his pad work videos, it's just so bad. Yeah, and you got to give it to uh, Jake Paul is the one who fought him, right? right. Jake Paul was like, right. oh, okay, the guy has power. Yes, the guy right. has massive amounts of power. I mean, he's a big guy. He works out. Yeah, I mean, you could see. I mean, he mm-hmm. sl- he slept uh, Nate Robinson. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously. Um, Nate Robinson's a basketball player, not trained in in, in the art of fighting. Mm-hmm. 
I, and a lot of people think just because someone's athletic means mm-hmm. that they can fight. Not mm-hmm. true. Just because someone's big means that they could fight. Again, not mm-hmm. true. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you could uh, attest to that. Yeah, absolutely, of course. Um, but yeah, Jake looks like he could fight, but I don't know if he can. I don't know if he can compete with the the high level fighters. Like if he was to do an MMA fight with Conor McGregor, I'm not sure. If he fights with Mayweather, again, if it's like a real mm-hmm. boxing match, like if he goes in the ring right now with Canelo, mm-hmm. like that's not happening. Canelo is gonna yeah obviously yeah he's gonna Canelo's gonna rip him to shreds right right I would love to see that but it's not gonna happen you know how many people he successfully turned himself into a villain yeah you know so people will pay just to watch to see if he can get knocked out mm-hmm. he's I think he's kind of following Mayweather's playbook mm-hmm. that's how Mayweather you know I remember rooting against Mayweather yeah at one point in my life yeah. and and um because I was like yeah let me see this guy get knocked out because. You know, everyone wants to see, like, the bad guy yeah. lose. And after a while, when I started watching, I was like, wait, he yeah. is a genius. Yeah. You know, he's, he's, he's playing the system. Like, yeah, and he, if he gets knocked out, I don't think anyone would care that much because he already knocked out other people and he, everyone gets knocked out. Thanks for listening and supporting the podcast. Check us out on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts for the rest of our episodes.